0: I ask you to turn to Luke 10. Luke chapter 10 is the first of the three times that uh, Mary spent time at the feet of Jesus. In this account, and we're going to read some verses because I don't, by the way, I don't like to pull one verse out and just read it. I like to get the entire story that's involved. And, and I'd like you to see in chapter 10, we're going to read verses 38 and following. But this is the time when uh, Jesus was just visiting his friends. He's visiting Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They happen to be friends of his. Um, And it says in verse 38, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. By the way, I think Martha is the hostess of the house. She would be the one to receive him. She was I guess I'm thinking she was the older sister. I don't know that I'm correct about that. It just seems like she acts like an older sister. By the way, if you're an older sister, don't get mad at me, all right? But uh, she welcomed Jesus into her home. And and she had a sister, verse 39, called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Verse 40, but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Doesn't that sound like an older sister? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. In verse 41, and Jesus didn't answer exactly what Martha thought. The Bible says that Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Can't you just hear the compassion in Jesus' voice? Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Here's the verse I want you to see. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Now I want you to look at two, two different verses with me that that are... Uh, out of those that I want to just share some thoughts with you from. First of all, verse 39 says that, that that sister Mary, which sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So what's the first thing that Mary did uh, at the feet of Jesus? You're allowed to talk out loud. It's Wednesday night. She she did what? She, I can't really hear you, but I'm thinking you say that she was listening to the teaching of Jesus, Right. Can you imagine, folks, how amazing it must have been to hear Jesus teach? Now, I want to tell you, I've been around some really good teachers. I've been around some really incredible storytellers. And I love a good story. And when somebody starts to tell a good story, I get wrapped up in it. I don't know if you've ever listened to audible books or something like that when you're driving in your car, but I can get lost. I'll never forget, I was just driving not long ago out to Ohio by myself and I told, and Terry was very concerned. She gets nervous about me driving alone, thinking I'll fall asleep and, and run off the road. But I have this gadget on my car. I can push, and it keeps me between the lines, and it, it drives my car for me. Pretty much I can sleep. if I No, I'm, I'm just teasing about that. I don't do that. But anyway, I, I told her, I said, honey, don't worry. I'm going to subscribe to Audible Books, and I'm going to listen to a story on the way out to Ohio. I found a book. That was to take, the time to read it would take the time it would take me to get out there. And, and man, I got into this story. And I was supposed to make a, an exit. <laughs> I literally went right past the exit. I was so engrossed at this point in the story. And I realized, oh my word, I was supposed to have turned back there. And I had to do a U-turn. Get my, anyway, I get into a good story. And uh, I can imagine as Jesus sat in Mary and Martha's home, and he was just chatting. Maybe he was telling about, I don't know, maybe he was telling about the miracles that had happened in the ministry. These are his friends, you understand. He's catching up with them. He might have been kind of telling, reviewing with them all that had happened. Maybe he was sharing some of the truths that he shared in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe he started teaching one of those principles. By the way, I went through those three chapters quickly, and, and I just picked out the things that are in the Sermon on the Mount, and and things uh, he talked about. He starts off with things that are make Christians happy. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there's you know, and, and all of those beatitudes. We call them the beatitudes. He he talked about those things. He went on to talk about how we're to be salt and light as Christians. He went a little further and talked about the importance of God's law and the fact that He was bringing a new testament in His blood. Uh, he talked about the spirit behind the laws that were given. He talked to them about uh, how we're supposed to give. By the way, when, when you give tonight, that's an act of service to God as you give. That's, and Jesus talked about how to give right. He then talked about how to pray right. He talked about the right way to fast and the reasons why you should fast. Um, he, gave, uh, he gave what you can and cannot take to heaven. I mean, and it goes on and on. There are many, many truths, but I just can imagine Mary sitting there at the, at the feet of Jesus, and she is so engrossed in what Jesus is saying that she forgets about her household chores. Now, I got to be honest, it doesn't take much for that to happen for me. <laughs> but Martha gets a little bit upset with her. She's thinking, Martha's thinking, Mary is doing absolutely nothing. I'm doing all of the work. I'm doing everything here, and she's just sitting here. And uh, I got to thinking about, just a side question for you to contemplate. What tasks are you so involved with that it draws you away from sitting at the feet of Jesus? By the way, that just came, I wrote that in pen. That's not even imprinted printed on my notes. Just hit my heart. What are the tasks that I'm involved in that I think are so important? But they take me from sitting at the feet of Jesus. By the way, you know good is the enemy of best. And, and the best thing we could do is sit at the feet of Jesus. Wouldn't you agree? Spend some time there. And, and so these, these are the things that Mary was maybe hearing Jesus teach. And, and when Jesus had come into their home, Martha being, I, I think, just by the way, being a, a, a normal person who took care of her home, if a guest shows up at your house, ladies, unexpected. What do you feel like you need to do? You have to clean up, right? Now, for men, it's easy. You just take everything and shove it under the couch. But for a woman, I mean, you're making sure the dishes are washed and the the clothes are folded and put away and there's nothing, uh, the dust, the cobwebs get knocked down real fast and all of those things come into play. And I can just see Martha going about all of that. And she comes to Jesus and she's a little bit upset. And she says, Lord, here I am. I'm going crazy. I'm sweating like crazy. And here sits Mary doing absolutely nothing. But can I say to you, I think Mary was just as active as Martha was. She had engaged her attention. She had focused her attention solely on the words of Jesus. Now, tonight, you and I are blessed. We have 66 books of our, in, our, in our Bible tonight we know everything God wants us to know. There's not another thing that can be added to this book that God didn't want us to know. Would you agree with that? We have all 66 books. In the time that Mary is seated here at the feet of Jesus, at best they have 37 books. and she I'm sorry, 39 books. And she may not even have access to those 39 books. And Jesus is just, He is the Word of God. He's, he's sharing Uh, The word In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same as in the beginning with God, John 1, 1 and 2 said. And Jesus is just expounding the Word, and Mary is engrossed in it. She's enthralled with it. Martha chastises Mary because uh, she had left her, that is Martha, to do all the work. And she asked Jesus if he wouldn't just give it to her a little bit and get her to come and help her. You know, we, by the way, can I say to you probably... What made Martha's heart sing was doing work and keeping the house nice. It gave her a sense of accomplishment. It was the thing that she loved to do. What made Mary's heart sing was sitting at the feet of Jesus and being so totally engulfed in it that she couldn't think of anything else. May I say to you another little freebie here on the side. This is not You don't have to pay for this tonight. But what makes your heart sing doesn't make everybody else's heart sing. So be careful not to be like Martha and assume that because everybody doesn't see this particular ministry the way you see it, that they're unspiritual and you are spiritual. Accept the fact that God gives each of us a different way of looking at things and a different part in the, in the body of Christ. Jesus answers her. Look at, look at his answer to her. And this is in verse 42. That last verse that we read there in this chapter. He says, well, one thing is needful. Now, Martha was doing, doing, doing a lot of things, but Jesus said to her, Martha, you're you're troubled about many things, but there's one thing that's needful. And the words that Martha did not expect, I don't think, hit her right between the eyes when Jesus said to her, Mary has chosen that good part. And by the way, look at the end of what Jesus said there, which shall not be taken away from her. Would Martha's house get dirty again? Would the dishes need to be cleaned again? Would the spiders that were in their home make some webs again? Martha was going to have to clean her house over and over again. And no matter how hard she'd worked that day, she was going to have to do that again. But what Mary had gotten on this day, at the feet of Jesus, no one could take away from her. She would never lose it. The first lesson I learned, the first thing that I see that that Mary learned and that we need to learn is that we need to give special attention to the things that Jesus teaches. We need to make the Word of God a priority in our lives. You know, we say we love the Word of God. We say we believe the Word of God. But sometimes we're guilty of not really reading the Word of God, not allowing the Word of God to get into us. I often pray, God, let me get into your Word until your Word gets into me. I want the Word of God to be demonstrated in my life. Mary caught that. Turn to John chapter 11. I'll give you the second of these three. That's good news. We're already on to the second point. John chapter 11. I want you to see the second time that Mary spends time at Jesus' feet. Now, this time is not as, as pleasant as the first time. This time, in in, in Luke chapter 10, it, it was a time where Jesus just happened to stop by. If you know your Bible very well, the book of John uh, verse chapter 11 be, begins with, Jesus receiving word that his friend Lazarus is sick and nigh unto death. And what does Jesus do? What did Jesus do when he heard that? He waited how many days? I'm giving you a little help here. I think it's four. I think he waited for four days. Am I right about that? Somebody said three. You made me doubt myself. Anyway, he, he three Layla's telling me three, so it must be three if Layla says it's three. He waited three days. Let's let's just stay with that, I'll be safe. He waited three days and Lazarus dies. And Jesus says, Okay, we can go now because Lazarus has died. He he shows up and as he's nearing the home, he meets up with guess who? He meets up with Martha. And I'm skipping large parts of the story, I'm sorry. But he he meets up with Martha, and and he says to her these famous words in verse 25. Begin reading there with me. I'm sorry we're skipping so much, but for sake of time. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? He points the question right to Martha. She saith unto him, in verse 27, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which had come into the world. And she says in verse 28, And when, when, when she had so said, she went away, and she called Mary her sister, secretly, saying, The Master come, and calls for thee. Verse 29, As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him, Verse 30, now Jesus was not yet come into the town, so he hadn't even arrived at their home yet. He hadn't even really officially gotten into the town, but was in that place where Martha had met him. So Martha met him just outside town. Get the picture. She meets Jesus. He makes that great statement, I am the resurrection. We we quote that often at a funeral, don't we? I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. What a great statement. He stays right where he is. Martha leaves Jesus, runs back to her home, secretly says to Mary, "The master's waiting for you." She comes out, and she she uh, she comes out to see Jesus. It says that um, verse thirty one that I don't know if I read that, but let's let's read verse thirty one. I think that's where I left off. The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her. When they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. And verse 32, Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. She falls at his feet this time, not to hear him teach, but in great sorrow. Her brother has died. If you've had a family member die like that, you know the grief that, that is associated with that. Um, I have b- buried both of my mom and dad, my grandmothers, and I know some of that grief. I've not had a, I have one sister, she's still living, and I'm thankful. But if she were to die, the grief would be very intense for me. Um, and the case was, that was the case here with Mary. She was so distraught um, and, and she came and when she, came, when she approached Jesus, I, it's interesting to me that she did not hug him. She did not approach him and just stand there. She fell at his feet. And she, she said, Lord, if you'd been here. Verse 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Verse 34, and said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. And then that famous verse, the shortest verse in the English Bible, Jesus wept. Martha had learned that Jesus claimed to be the resurrection and the life. But what did Mary learn at the feet of Jesus? He didn't make that statement to her. The Bible says that Jesus was moved with emotion at this point, And we see it in those two verses that are on the on the screen behind me. He was moved with emotion. Look at the words. He saw them weeping, the Jews weeping, and he groaned in the spirit. Verse 35 says that he wept. Was he moved with this compassion because of the death of Lazarus? Think about it. I would take a vote, but I don't want to it's not a voting matter. It was Jesus moved to tears because Lazarus had died? No, he, it wouldn't have been for that reason at all. As a matter of fact, he, he paused the amount of days that he paused so Lazarus would die. Because he knew that God was going to be glorified more through Lazarus dying, and he already knew Lazarus was going to raise from the dead. He already knew that. So he wasn't weeping because Lazarus had died. He was obviously moved to tears. Look at the verses again. Verse 32, and when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Look at verse 33. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned. What did Mary learn in this second time at the feet of Jesus? She learned that God is touched with her infirmities. She learned that when her heart was broken to the point that she felt like she could not live another day, that God understood that grief. Because Jesus wept with her. His spirit groaned within him. What a that, that phrase just grips me. What would make the Son of God who was perfection in a human body, what would cause him to weep? You know, it wasn't some of the trivial things that caused us to weep today. He was weeping because he looked at a woman who had fallen at his feet, contrite, broken in pieces emotionally, and his heart was touched. Mary learned that Jesus cared about people. She learned that his compassion was there for someone who was facing death. The second lesson, so the first lesson Mary learned when Jesus came to visit her home was She learned that uh, the Word of God can change your life, and she was was committed to that. The second lesson she learns from this passage is that God is touched with our sufferings and our infirmities. The third one, turn one page over, if your Bible's like mine, into chapter 12. In John chapter 12, we know the story. Lazarus, Jesus goes to the grave, and, and he says, Lazarus, come forth. By the way, many people have said if he had just said, come forth, everybody that was dead in there would have come. You've heard that before. I love that idea. Wouldn't that have been something? Hey, all of you in there, come forth. Boom. All these people from 100 years before that had died would. Anyway, Lazarus came forth. And uh, I want you to see, pick up the reading here in, in chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany. Now, pause and look out for a moment. I love your Easter drama. Amen? It's powerful. It's powerful. Why? Because you tell the simple story. Six days before the Passover, let's do some math. Are you with me? Are you with me? We're going to do some math. Jesus has already just instituted this Last Supper. Or He will institute it in the next few days. Six days before the Passover... Passover that year began on a Thursday. So this would have been, you can figure that out. I'm not good with math. This is just a few days before Jesus is crucified. Are you with me? That much we know. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper and surprise. What's the next part say? And Martha served. There she is. Heart singing away. She's getting to serve. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Now listen, I want to tell you something. The people that didn't believe Jesus was a Messiah were having a real hard time with this meal. I mean, Lazarus, who'd been dead for so many days. I have to go back and check it out later. I still think it's four. It was four days. Okay. Okay. My wife's out there signing to me in the other room. That is not fair. She's not even in here telling me. Anyway, uh, he, he waited. it doesn't matter how many days. He waited. Anu- now Layla's holding the Bible up for me. like it's in the Bible. OK. You two, I'm, I'm, I'm the one. Anyway, um, th- think of the problem they had. Lazarus had been dead for a number of days, to the point where I don't, I don't care how many days it was. He stunk. And Jesus calls him forth. He comes out of that grave. They might have wanted to try to deny. The people who didn't believe Jesus was Messiah would try to deny he was. However, there sits Lazarus at the table eating. The man who'd been in the grave for four days. The man whose body they had prepared, putting the spices on it, wrapping him up like a mummy, shoving him into the grave. He'd been there long enough that his body would have begun to stink in there. Here he sits at a table eating and laughing and telling stories and having a great time. But look at the next verse if you would verse 3. The Bible says then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet I'm sorry yes and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. The house was filled With the odor of the ointment. What a great, what a great passage of scripture. Amen. The meal has probably finished. They're sitting around like we love to do at our home. When our kids are home and we finish eating, we don't leave the table for an hour or more, just telling stories and and enjoying the fellowship of our family, sometimes sharing burdens with each other. But what we love to sit around that table and just enjoy the camaraderie. There they sit, and Mary comes along. Martha's probably cleaning the dishes off the tables and, and uh, scrubbing down things, and here comes Mary. Mary has that, uh, you've heard this story so many times, I'm not going to dwell too much on it, but she brings that ointment of Spinkner very costly. In other passages, we know that that thing cost her at least a year's salary. This is an incredibly expensive bottle of perfume. I I bought my wife some perfume. I've never paid a year's salary. (laughs) I'm sorry, honey. I don't care what it smells like. That's a little too much money for me. Amen. But anyway, hers cost her a year's salary. And she comes in. Now, by the way, we've seen her in Luke chapter 10, finding a place at the feet of Jesus. We also found her in John chapter 11. Finding a place at the feet of Jesus. And here we are in John chapter 12. This is the third time that we find her at the feet of Jesus. The major difference this time from the previous two times is she has brought a gift to offer. Please stay with me now. She has brought a gift that she's going to offer as a sacrifice to Jesus Christ. She's gonna offer I love the Old Testament when it talks about the sweet smelling savor, the sacrifice of the sweet smelling savor. And that's exactly what I think of when I see this verse of Mary coming with that that expensive box or bottle of perfume and pouring it on the feet of Jesus. And then not just pouring it on his feet, what else does she do there according to verse three? Look at it at the very halfway through the verse, and she wiped his feet with her hair stay with me because i want you to remember that part remember folks verse one this is six days before the passover that means it's about four and a half days before the crucifixion it's about four days before the scourging are you all with me so far Jesus, we know what Jesus said. If, if you look down a little further, I'll show you that verse in just a little bit. But, but Mary comes with this incredible act, this incredible sacrifice. By the way, she wasn't, she wasn't figuring out how much it cost. Who was figuring out how much it cost? Judas Iscariot, yeah. He's figuring out, and he said, we could have given that to the poor and helped the poor. Mary wasn't thinking at that point about the poor. She was giving a sacrifice of her greatest possession. Not something that, you know, like, um, oh, you know what, the church is looking to gather food for a needy family. Honey, what can of uh, old lima beans do we have on the shelf that we don't really want we could give to the family? It wasn't that, folks. She went and got the most valuable thing she could find. She went to that meal By the way, her brother raised from the dead is sitting there. She knows the compassion of her Savior. By the way, as Mary was at the feet of Jesus in in John chapter 11, perhaps a tear from Jesus escaped his eye, rolled down his cheek and off of his chin and onto Mary's head. She knew the depth of his love for her family. And she brought that sacrifice as just that. A sacrifice. She didn't expect the receipt. She didn't care that uh, she could have fed poor people with it. She brought it out of love, a complete and incredibly uh, full love for the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I, can I give you just some, again, some freebies? There's some lessons I learned about her sacrifice. Number one, others may criticize you. When you make a sacrifice. Can I tell you that twice. I hope this isn't going out anywhere. Just ignore this if it is. Twice the IRS has audited. Not audited. But sent us a letter. To challenge our charitable giving. By the way. I'm not saying how much I give. I'm just saying that to the world. It doesn't make sense that we tithe. Hello. I've had accountants say to me who were not believers, you could have bought a new car with that. Not, not with the one year, but you know, over, over the time, boy, I shouldn't have said that part about, the, I should have left that out. My wife was in the other room, so maybe she didn't hear that. But, um, but I've had people criticize sacrifices we've made. There, sometimes God touches your heart. Are you with me? Sometimes God touches your heart and says, give that to somebody. I remember one time we were in a missions conference and there was a young man from Ghana and he had, come, he had come to the States. He had been a, mission, a doctor in Ghana, gotten saved, came to the States, got his Bible education, and was headed back to start a church. His name was Jonathan. We were up in Syracuse, New York with Jonathan. And while we were there, it snowed 30-something inches. Yeah, it was amazing. Jonathan had his coat like this. And I mean, it snowed every day we were there. And I said to him, Jonathan, do you have another coat up in your room? He said, yes. I said, is it thick? He said, yes. I said, go back up to your room, get that coat, and come back down. We're not leaving till you have it on. He said, yes, Daddy. He called me Daddy the rest of the week. He still calls me Daddy when I see him. But he he was uh, there making, we were one of three missionaries. He had to go to a different church to do a presentation. We had a video projector. He did not. The church had one where we were. I said, why don't you take my video projector with you? Go do your presentation. He did it. Uh, He came back. It was a Sunday night. He came back. We were all leaving on Monday morning. He was going to fly out Monday morning. And I said to Terry uh, Sunday night, I think God wants us to give that video projector to Jonathan. I think he could use that in his work. And we gave him our video projector. And we we got in the car and we started home. And Terry said, you know, we have a meeting this weekend. And we needed that video projector. So I said, oh, well, good. I get to go to buy a new one. But anyway, uh, sometimes others aren't going to understand our sacrifice. The second thing that I put is that others are never going to understand why we would sacrifice valuable things. They're never going to understand that unless they know how precious the Savior is. Then they'd understand. And then the last little point on that is the only one who really, whose opinion really counts about your sacrifice is your Heavenly Father. Drop down and look at verses 7 and 8 with me in this same chapter. Because after those have criticized Mary, Jesus speaks. And I love the way he starts, don't you? Let her alone. Let her alone. Against the day of my burying hath she kept this. Oops, I'm sorry. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. Jesus put them right in their place. She made, he, he recognized, by the way, her sacrifice and the motives behind it. He recognized that that he was facing the cross and that he would be buried shortly, just a few days later in this week coming. Uh, Is it possible, stay with me now, is it possible that when Jesus was going to the cross that the fragrance of that perfume was still lingering in the hair of Mary? It's possible so that in the morning when she brushed her hair and that fragrance was reignited, she would remember the love her Savior had for her to go to the cross for her. Let me give you this, and I'm going to close. If you are prompted by the Holy Spirit to offer a sacrifice and you don't offer that sacrifice, you're going to regret that for the rest of your life. If you are prompted by the Holy Spirit to offer a sacrifice, and you do offer that sacrifice, you're going to be grateful for the rest of eternity. I want to really encourage you to spend some time at Jesus' feet. I want to really encourage you to to look to see what time you can give to spend at the feet of Jesus. Now, that means you're going to have to make some sacrifices, you may have to give up some things that you like to do but aren't really that important. Uh, it, it takes time to pray, doesn't it? Hello? It takes time to pray. I, I was f- so frustrated with myself yesterday. I wanted to pray all day yesterday, and I kept putting it off, putting it off. I well, will give, I'll give a half hour here, and, and that half hour never came yesterday. I laid in my bed last night. I confessed to God, I'm so sorry that I did not spend time with you today just talking to you, just spending time at your feet. Reading your Bible takes time, it takes effort, but you're going to find things at the feet of Jesus you can't find anywhere else. So I want to encourage you to spend time at the feet of Jesus. Intimacy with our Savior is something that every one of us can do, but not all of us will do. So I want to encourage you, by the way, Satan is hoping you will not do what I'm telling you tonight. He doesn't want you to spend time with, with, with your Savior at his feet. He doesn't, I guarantee you, he doesn't want you reading this book. He doesn't want you spending time in prayer. He doesn't want you coming to church on a regular basis. He doesn't want you to sign up. Boy, now I'm going to put the guilt trip on, brother. He doesn't want you to sign up to hand out water bottles. He doesn't want you to, to sign up to give an hour to VBS somewhere. To go help Mosaic or, or your church even. As, as He doesn't want you doing any of those things. Because let me tell you something. Those things require sacrifice. That will result in eternal benefits. That's what Jesus wants you to do. And if you spend time with him. You'll make time for that. Fight for time. Alone with Jesus. Oh yes. And bring your perfume. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for this time together with these dear folks. I pray that these simple thoughts will drive deep into our hearts. Lord, I, I ask you, I pray I haven't gotten in the way of your message tonight. I pray that you will take these thoughts and, and use them to remind me to spend time with you. Thank you for Mary. Thank you for example. Help us, Lord, to spend time listening at your feet to your word. Help us to spend time when we're so deeply grieved that we don't know where to turn. Help us to come to you and spend time at your feet. And Lord, help us to bring offerings to you that are valuable to us. And we give them to you as an offering of sacrifice. God, help us to give our time and attention to you so you can make a difference in our lives. We pray you give Pastor and Chris a good time away this week. Pray for Pastor Lardy and Amanda and the others tonight. Lord, thank you for the ministries that are going on all around this church tonight. Bless, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, folks, for coming.